Can you hear me pour? Yes. <laughs> I love that. Please have that be one of the opening sounds. Ugh. <laughs> that was so satisfying. All right, we ready? <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Okay. Three. Is that the sound that it makes when you... <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm Emmeline. <laughs> I'm Tessa. And I'm Victoria. And welcome back to <laughs> Shit Face Facts. <laughs> it's been a week. It's we been are years. It's been Go a ahead, while. I'm sorry. Okay, welcome back to Shit Face Facts, the podcast where three college BFFs with a love for research and alcohol get together each week to teach you something you've never known. Period. The end. I'm drinking um, canned wine again. Hell yeah. It's the same one that I've had. Classic. That I had a few episodes back uh, from Trader Joe's and it's peach flavored. It's very tasty, very fizzy. 10 out of 10. Nice. I am drinking and I like it a lot. Um, it's it's a wine. The brand is called Sweet Walter and it's a, it's a grape wine, but it's like cherry flavored. Ooh, Walter. Sweet, sweet Walter Cherry. And, like, I think, I think like, all of their wines are sweet because I looked at two or three of them, and it has the thing on the back label that's, like, the dry to sweet, like, gauge, and it's all of them were all the way sweet. And I was like, y'all oh, wow. know me. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's, like, a $10 bottle, so, you know. So, yeah, that's what I got. No laws tonight, ladies. We are drinking claws. <laughs> raspberry flavor. <laughs> No laws. Ooh, no laws. I don't know. It's if pretty I good. I'm a fan. One. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Nice. Hey, What are you going to talk about? Oh, that's right. Okay. I'm going first. Yes. Okay. I don't honestly like for some reason I was expecting the the intro music to play. <laughs> okay. So I okay, I I promised a two part series on Sweden, and I don't want to give away what this is about too soon. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ease you into it a little bit. Tease me into it. Oh, absolutely. Here comes the feather in June 19. 19- <laughs> 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 I hate myself tonight. <laughs> okay. It's okay. You almost died tonight. You can get away with it. <laughs> in June 1957, Toys R Us was founded in Washington, D.C. And over the course of 65 years, it operated about 800 stores domestically and 800 internationally. In the year of our Lord, 1995, Toys R Us opens its first store in Sweden. Boo, 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 boo. Yeah, I know. Whoa. What took them so long? (laughs) Well, I'm about to tell you. (laughs) So a little bit about the backstory, uh, about the history. I think that's what they call it in school. History (laughs) about the minimum wage. What would I know? School, I haven't heard that name in years. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, some notes about the minimum wage in Sweden. There isn't one. So, (laughs) 
Great. And yeah. One of the so I think they recently did adopt a minimum wage because it was part of like in order to be a part of the EU, they had to adopt a minimum wage, but it was like it was it was like performative, like because for years, since nineteen thirty eight, Swedish wages have been negotiated by employers and unions. Um, in my research, um, which I mostly used i don't have my notes here um for my research i mostly used a wikipedia article an article on um oh this is not good hold on let me go get it for my bed we'll start over <laughs> one second okay, okay. Tonight's episode is all about alcohol whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, hold on. smooth sipping <laughs> oh god <laughs> I did a lot of research for this. Obviously, I'm a professional. I make 0.015 cents per listen. <laughs> so <laughs> um, the, the resources I used were uh, largely Wikipedia, um, a website called The Militant, The Associated Press, and I, I'm not proud. I used a, a Reddit thread. Um, <laughs> because, listen, most, most of the articles... Um, about this specific incident uh, were behind a paywall and no. So, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it is from my understanding that albeit is broken because I refuse to pay $5 to read one article. Um, unions will negotiate agreements for hours, workers' compensation, wages, etc., that are good for about two to four years. And after that, they expire and the unions and the employer go back to the negotiating table. During the time of this agreement, this two to four year period, um, while they're under a contract that has been signed by both parties, there are no sanctioned strikes, blockades, or boycotts. As a result, uh, Sweden has one of the lowest wage inequality rates in Europe. So that's really cool. Oh, and good. I think the world yeah. question mark? I don't know. I feel like they'd be good at that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to our friend, good old Toys R Us. Um, since there's no federal minimum Savior wage, of the people. <laughs> <laughs> since there's no federal minimum wage, when Toys R Us moves in, they hire approximately 80 employees at the U.S. minimum wage of 4.25 an hour, or approximately Ooh. 38 kronas. I've seen some <laughs> conflicting reports. Uh, one article I read said they hired them at $7 an hour, which would be above U.S. minimum wage. And other things I read said they probably started them at like four twenty-five an hour, which was the U.S. minimum wage. Um, so, yeah. Either way, that's super shitty. In mm -hmm. addition to the low base wage they paid all employees, if you didn't join the retailers union called Handles, they paid you an additional one fifty an hour. If so all your if you weren't in the union. So um, so Toys R Us was paying, you know, you and all your union buddies four twenty five an hour. But, you know, Joe Schmo down the street, who, um, you know, isn't a part of a union, was making five seventy five, okay. which is still beans. I yeah. see what you're doing. I mm -hmm. see. Oh, yeah. You see where we're going. Yeah. So at this you point, Sly. <laughs> At this point in time, in 1995, Sweden actually has the highest percentage of union membership in its history. It's at about 85 or 86 percent, which is amazing. I don't know what it is here. It's like probably like five percent. Okay. Probably worse. 
probably worse. <laughs> uh, so the the retailers union I mentioned mentioned earlier handles comes to the table. They come to Toys R Us with a proposed agreement for workers to get the same wages, same hours, and same workers' compensation, which seems fair. But mm-hmm. our good old friend Toys R Us refuses to sign. <laughs> right, oh right. great. Toys Rentertainment Us. (laughs) (laughs) That's so bad. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard Victoria laugh as hard. I don't think I have either. (laughs) Yeah, y'all definitely heard me laugh in real life, but not that much on the. God, that was so funny. <laughs> so our <laughs> toys for entertainment us refuses to sign <laughs> in addition to not wanting to pay people fair wages which are we surprised they also wanted to retain ultimate hiring and firing power without having to answer to anyone yes Whoa. classic capitalism yeah. classic classic american capitalism um this did not fly in sweden as you can probably imagine (laughs) the government actually does not end up getting involved um but the unions got this ding 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 (laughs) whatever they say in wrestling so seven unions come out i don't ding 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 like runner up i don't know what do they say (laughs) throw in the towel i don't know it's just the bell Oh, and then they just like wham on each other. They just wail, just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, the bell yeah. speaks for itself. Just, just yeah. rock 'em, sock 'em. Okay, so the unions got this. Don't worry. Seven unions come out and condemn the acts of Toys R Us in Sweden. Not only do they have a condemnation, which in and of itself is, you know, like that speaks volumes. The transportation unions and financial unions call for a blockade against Toys R Us in Sweden. So what this effectively means is Toys R Us is unable to get trucks to transport goods and the banks refuse to process their deposits. So they can't even make sales. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad bitch move. Yes. Isn't it? Yes, they did that. Oh. How how long do you guys want to guess that this continued for? Like three days. How how oh. how how long do you think how long do you think Toys R Us in Sweden went without making effectively making a sale? Five years. A while. Three goddamn months. Oh. <laughs> three I was months. Wrong both times. <laughs> hey, I think. Let me think about it. I think it's three months. Am I right? Ding, ding, ding. Whatever they say in wrestling, Victoria's the winner. (laughs) Even so, (laughs) while the transportation union and the financial union are the main agitators in this, I would just like to say everyone got in on the fun. Unions that didn't end up withholding labor actually would set up strike lines around stores and they would pass out pamphlets. The International Federation of Unions called for a boycott of Toys R Us in 70 countries. Oh, my God. Yeah, wild. During this time, Richard Kudrin, who is a senior official at Toys R Us, is quoted saying, We are surprised by the negative publicity we got. 
no one else's. Oh. <laughs> Eventually, uh, after three months, yeah, after three months of, of this blockade, Toys R Us caves and ends up signing the, the agreement that Handel proposed. Um, and up until it declared bankruptcy and shuttered its doors, Toys R Us maintained different rules for their operation in Sweden. Um, I During my research for this, I found some articles that talked about Oh, you know, XYZ change is coming to all Toys R Us stores except in Sweden. Like multiple <laughs> articles because like while they could kind of while they could screw everyone else over, like Sweden was going to stick up for their people. Yeah. So. Sweden cares about actual human rights. Sweden yeah. cares. So pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Subaru or that's what makes a Subaru a Subaru front of the show. And that's the end. Amazing. Boom. Chef's kiss. Wow. Perfect. It's perfect. Wow. 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 That's wow. such a, what a, what a, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Sweden <laughs> did that thing. They yeah, did that. Just what and a, you know what? If Toys R Us went out of business, who cares? Cause Sweden, they went bankrupt like two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> they <Hell> did. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know who else is facing some hard times? Charles Entertainment Cheese. Bro, F in the chat for Chuck E. Cheese. I'm I'm pressing it. I'm pounding <laughs> that F. Emeline, where did you find out about this about this? Ah, yes. I discovered this topic the way I discover many of my topics, which is Twitter? I was scrolling mindlessly through Twitter at 3 a.m. when I couldn't sleep <laughs> after going pee. And um I read about it and it was one of those I hate tweets that are like this. It's like, no one even remembers. And I'm like, I wasn't even alive. But it was one of those <laughs> no one even remembers tweets. And they were talking about, like, no one even remembers, like, when Sweden stood up against Toys R Us in 1995. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. So, yeah, like, not yeah. even the you government. For saying no one yeah. remembers. Why would that be, like, a known I know. thing? <laughs> I know. That's it's so, it's so niche. cool. Why are you like If there were a known Ooh, thing, love, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. Yeah, that's all we talk about. Super niche shit. <laughs> oh, wow. Like Animal Crossing. Yeah, who, who's heard and, of that shit? And Neopets. <laughs> but oh, I'm glad times. you can um, scroll through Twitter because I deleted that shit a long time ago. And I is my life of... better? Maybe, maybe not. But I certainly... Not um, worse? Don't feel like crawling under a rock at the oh, end of the day. Oh, I can tell you, I deleted it for about two weeks recently, and my life got measurably better. <laughs> oh, wow. Mine is a lot of, like, echo chamber. Like, it's just a lot of the same stuff floating around. So it's kind of boring, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe I should just follow more interesting people. Oh. Tell um, us your shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so my topic this week, uh, is vaporwave. There's no big yeah. grand reveal for this one, because I <laughs> whoa, just don't whoa, know how whoa. to do it. So, uh, my, uh, okay, I have, like, four different sources that I found. There's surprisingly a lot out there about vaporwave. Oh, wow. Um, and I'll get into why I think that is later, but my sources are a YouTube video by... A YouTube account called The Asian Theory, um, and then mm. an article from 2012 from Dummy Mag. 
Uh, ooh, she, <laughs> I know. she dummy mag. She dummy mag. Um, which is titled Comment Vaporwave and the Pop Art of the Virtual Plaza by Adam Harper. And that shit ooh, is really whoa. interesting, so we'll get into that. And then an Esquire article called How Vaporwave Was Created and Destroyed by the Internet. Um, there wasn't an author on that. <laughs> oh. And then an article from A-Side uh, that's A Brief History of Vaporwave by Sophie Mikhailova. I hope I said yes. that right. Sorry. So, uh, I what? know there's a good YouTube video by Adam Neely about Vaporwave. Um, he's a music theory YouTuber and he's really Ooh, fun to watch. Damn it. So, that yeah. would have been really interesting. Fuck. It's all right. We, okay. Y'all can watch it later. Yeah. And we'll all watch it together. Um, <laughs> so first thing I want to do is kind of identify if you don't know what Vaporwave is, um, concerning the aesthetic of it, just look at our logo. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty there but also it's like if you google vaporwave and like look at the images it's one of those like you know it when you see it type shit you know you're like oh yeah okay um th- which is you know exactly the reaction that'll happen you'll go oh and then we'll move on um so a lot of these like identifying things are from the a side article and i wrote them down because in this article it was like Oh my god, it talked about, like, the influences of Vaporwave, um, in the music and in the, like, picture aesthetic, and there were, like, ten, like, in one paragraph, she'd be like, yeah, it's definitely influenced by this and this, and then in the next paragraph, it would say something else, and then be like, it's definitely influenced by this and this, and it was, like, something completely different, so I just made a list, um, (laughs) so... The music influences that are in that article are 80s Italian disco, chill wave, (laughs) EDM music, lounge music, R&B, and smooth jazz. And I was like, "Mm, okay, that's pretty broad, but fine. And then, like, um, the influences on the visual aesthetic. And these are more things that are, like, included in the pictures that you see is, like, um, 80s and 90s internet-inspired imagery, um, Renaissance-era statues, cyberpunk imagery, yeah, um, <laughs> a lot of pink, yeah, Japanese characters, plants, particularly, like, palm trees and, like, aloe vera and that kind of thing. Um, it said sad faces, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> olden... That's just a Tuesday. Did I mean to write olden... <laughs> Old internet emoticons, uh, pink and turquoise are really popular, especially in, like, the neon, you know, uh, and then, like, water imagery and the old, big, bulky computers are used a lot. So, um, some other kind of, like, identifiers of Vaporwave is, like, retrofuturism, uh, and, like... That's an oxymoron. I know, I know. I'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, there's a, like, I wrote a little bit in this about, like, the feelings that you have when you listen to it, because let me tell you, it's fucking weird. Um, Because I listened to Vaporwave while I was doing the research, and I was like, I feel weird. Why do I feel weird? And it's, like, shit that, like, like, feelings that I couldn't even describe. I was like, what's happening? Um... (laughs) And so I think in the YouTube video, they mentioned, like, an escapism feeling and, like, feelings that you can't describe. There was a blogger that said uh, 
it's like romantic loneliness you feel as one person living Ooh. in a small little room in a city of 25 million people. Oh, wow. Damn. So like, okay. Wow. And then, that. um, That's poignant. The big question about Vaporwave is whether it is a celebration or an ironic critique of consumerism. So, hmm. leading, I guess that, I'm using that as a segue into let's talk about the history of Vaporwave, which really, <laughs> I'm going to take you way back to the end of World War II and Douglas MacArthur, who, after the U.S. bombed Japan, right, he went to, like, I think he, like, was, like, overseeing all of this stuff in Japan, um, which was, like, re basically removing Japan's military power and then reforming their society into a democratic society. Um, so the U.S. pumped, like, a lot of money into Japan and also, like, took away their military power so that they basically couldn't go to war. Um, but wanted, like, a powerful ally money-wise, I guess, just in case the U.S. needed to do something. I don't know. Something like that. But um, Japan, since they couldn't use all of that money that the U.S., like, pumped into their country, they couldn't use it on military power because it didn't exist. So they were like, what do we do? Um, so they put all that money into industrialization and technology. Nice. Um, yeah, Hell so, yeah, rebuilding from those war crimes we inflicted on them. Mm, yeah, yeah, thanks, Douglas. <laughs> so, um, in the 80s and 90s, because of all this industrialization and technology focus, um, in the 80s and 90s, they had, like, the second highest GDP in the world, like, behind the U.S., um, but it was, like, only then. I forget what year it ended, but, like, at some point, the GDP just started to go down. Um, but, like, that, those decades were kind of their high point. Uh, and some people call it, like, the Japanese economic miracle. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, sure. Um, but those, those decades um, of Japanese, like, culture is really where Vaporwave stems from. Oh, which is, wow. you know, like, yeah, mm -hmm. like, the neon, the luxury, everything's bright, everything's really tech-heavy. Nice. Um, I think it's, it's like, why we see uh, Japanese gaming consoles in a lot of Vaporwave images. You know, like, they'll show... Yeah, like, yeah, like, SNES and stuff. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And, like, N64s, I think. But it was also real, like, those... Uh, those decades were really heavy into consumerism they wanted people to buy shit so mm, yeah. yeah um that's where the um like such a big root in japan came from for vaporwave like that's pretty much where all the retro part of vaporwave comes from is like in those eras of japan cool. um yeah and so vaporwave itself started in the u.s um, and it's like, it's kind of, and this is, this is from that YouTube video saying that it's, uh, nostalgic for a dream world, for a Japanese dream world that never actually existed. So it's like mm, this, wow. 
it's like familiar but different, right? So yeah, like they use this nostalgia from the '80s and the '90s, but then like change it a little bit, like and especially in the music, they'll slow it down, they'll stretch it, or they'll like chop it up, and then it's like because they'll use like um, elevator music and like lounge music. I think I saw something that was like uh, they used um, the music from like the Weather Channel. It was, like, <laughs> the Weather Channel music at, like, 2 a.m., um, and they took that and put it in some vaporwave. Um, <laughs> stuff I like do that. love and the Weather Channel music. I used to watch the Weather Channel for fun as a kid, and the you music did? was a big part of it. Yes, I'm okay. great. Yeah, you also <laughs> proud played of it. online golf. Shut up. So. Shut up. <laughs> I love golf with your friends. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And then, like, some of the imagery they mentioned was, like, apparently there's imagery of, like, a really big mall, but it's at, like, midnight, so no one's there, and it's just you, and there's all these neon lights and shit, and, like, these really extravagant houses that, like, no real house looks like that, (laughs) but (laughs) it's it's kind of styled after the 80s, but it's stuff you would never see, Um, stuff like that. Um, it's, it's really cool to look at. It's, it's a very, like, again, after, like, listening to it while I was researching it, it's, it's feels very, like, outside of myself. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's so, it's so hard to explain, um, which is why it's so interesting, I guess. Um, so like, can I ask na- you a question? Please do. <laughs> okay, so maybe you'll touch on this later, but, like, so if it's an art movement that drew so heavily from that kind of post-war period of Japan and this kind of, like, romanticism of, like, a time that didn't exist, like, where do you get the Greek and Roman statues from? You know, I didn't see that anywhere in the hmm. in my research. So that is a that mystery is a to question. solve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's because that that kind of stuff is, like, timeless and so somehow, I don't know. Yeah, you maybe see them at every because, corner. I was going to say, maybe it's because it appeals to frat boys. Maybe so. That's a good Marble one. statue yeah. girl kind of thick. She got that rentertainment us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. So the next thing I have is, so the name (laughs) Vaporwave partly comes from uh, the term Vaporware, which um, was like, it was a, it was someone write, write it down one day and they just wrote the R funny. So it looks like a V. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's, it's a Vaporware is a computer term that's like um, hard, hardware or software that was announced by a company but never actually got manufactured, but also oh. was never, like, officially canceled. So it's like it just kind of oh. fucking disappeared. Um, and it came from that. Uh, and I think this is from the YouTube video. It's like, oh, it disappeared like the bygone era that we're reminiscing with Vaporwave. And I was like, oh, barf. God. Barf. I know. <laughs> A lot of this is kind of barf. <laughs> it's very, like, it's like, 
uh, people who are really reaching for a meaning, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's interesting. <laughs> Just a there's bunch some... of English majors. <laughs> <laughs> Which there's some stuff later that, like, I'm just going to read you quotes because I can't, I can't say it any better than they did because it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. Anyway, um, but, and y'all are going to love this. Uh, I read in the Dummy Mag article, it says that the name is also reminiscent of a quote from Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. The what? The what? The, <laughs> the motherfucking what? Turn the fuck up! I'll say it again. I'll say it again. Karl okay, okay. Marx's Communist oh. Manifesto. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. All right. Tell me um, more. <laughs> the, quote, the quote says, all that is solid melts into air. Um, and I'm not super sure how they connected that to vaporwave but like (laughs) i'll take it and the thing is too i think in the esquire article that i read they all they mentioned the same thing and i was like where the fuck did you guys get that from but um there's something that i talk about later that that maybe it'll make a little more sense with that um it sounds like a quote from somebody who is trying to get a cross-disciplinary master's in economics and art history. All right. <laughs> art With an history, English music minor. history, yeah. With an English minor. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I did, I did write down that it's... Um, uh, I'm going to go to the next part first, and then I'll come back to that. Please. Because then maybe it'll... Uh, so, like, now is when I'm going to get into the more, like, abstract shit about Vaporwave, because it's, like... It's fucking wild. So, <laughs> this first quote that I have, it's from the Dummy Mag article. And it's like, the fr- it opens the article, right? It's the opener, and it's wild. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it to you. <clears throat> Global capitalism is nearly there. At the end of the world, there will only be liquid advertisement and gaseous desire. Sublimated from our bodies, our untethered senses will endlessly ride escalators through pristine artificial environments, more and less than human, drugged up and drugged down, catalyzed, consuming and consumed by a relentless rich economy of sensory information valued by the pixel. The virtual plaza welcomes you, and you will welcome it too. I love that MCR song. (laughs) <laughs> I think we can wrap it up here. That was, uh, I think that's the pod. I also would like to point out that Virtual Plaza is capitalized. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. The entity. When, <laughs> when, yeah. when you say Virtual Plaza, all I can think of is that like holding area in Sonic Adventure 2 where you're not in the chow garden yet, but you're just waiting on the platform. All <laughs> I think of is... Delfino <laughs> Plaza from Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, okay. The next thing I have is another quote from the same article. So I think I'm just going to read it to you too. And then, and then we can, we can, we can unpack this or try to, I guess. So, and it's another quote just kind of about Vaporwave. Um, Is it a critique of capitalism or a capitulation to it? Both and neither. 
These musicians can be read as sarcastic and anti-capitalists, revealing the lies and slippages of modern technoculture and its representations, or as its willing facilitators, shivering with delight upon each new wave of delicious sound. We could apply to their music a term used to describe a certain sentiment and a praxis that has recently gained currency among philosophers of capitalism. Accelerationism is the notion that the disillusion of civilization wrought by capitalism should, should not and cannot be resisted, but rather it must be pushed faster and farther towards the insanity and anarchy. Oh, shit. Whew. <laughs> Take your time, because they wrote large words for no reason, so you're good. This is, this is, okay, this is heavy. This is dense. That's the word. Okay. (laughs) But rather must be pushed faster and farther towards the insanity and (laughs) anarchically fluid, anarchically is the word, anarchically (laughs) fluid violence that is its ultimate conclusion, either because this is liberating because it causes a revolution or because destruction is the only logical answer. Now, why did they have to do this? Well, okay, Tessa, Tessa, I gotta say, I googled the word capitulation, and (laughs) that's a whole lot of words for saying absolutely net zero nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they have effectively said nothing (laughs) yeah i guess that like they're just asking like is vaporwave trying to mock capitalism or are they just trying to push us faster into it because it's inevitable we don't know tune in at seven like (laughs) it answers no questions and i here's the thing too i don't think that anyone making vaporwave knows the answer either the thing is, <laughs> some people may be doing it for that some of those kind of reasons. That's great. Other people may just be making it for the goddamn fun of it. Yeah, right. No, Why? no, no. Dude is sitting alone in his room, pu- superimposing the words "Why am I so alone?" over a city at twilight, thinking, <laughs> "Oh yeah." This is really a great critique of capitalism. Karl <laughs> Marx has given me a thumbs up from the yeah. grave. I'm a communist because I use neon lights. <laughs> um, considering milk. the people I went to high school with, I beg to differ. Oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, it's... Uh, I get Because I think, like, these kind of insights are, are pretty interesting, I was interested when I was reading about all this, but then I was like, I was also like, why can't we just make shit without people having to, like, analyze every piece of it, you Mm -hmm. know? Which I guess, if you analyze for fun, I guess do that. I don't know. It reminds me of, like, I don't know if this is true or not, but (laughs) somebody told me once that the Beatles wrote the song, uh, fuck. I am the walrus. They wrote I am the walrus because college students were having to analyze Beatles lyrics. So they were like, fuck that. I'm just, we're just going to write a song that makes no sense. And then they can't, (laughs) Um, which I admire. (laughs) Again, don't know if it's actually true, but anyway. um, 
this this dummy mag article also like refers to vaporwave as post lo-fi and post retro which like yeah yes yes <laughs> Those agreed things didn't happen before. anyway um <laughs> It, all- it did chronologically come after those two movements. Sure, it did. It, it, that is post. Um, and then, like, it says something about, like, it's lo-fi and avant-garde going on the offensive. So, like, those concepts. I switched my lo-fi and avant-garde into offense attack mode. <laughs> and, and my, I turn them I play- sideways. And it's my turn. <laughs> Place one card face down and end my turn. I, I, I play capitalism in defense mode. It's like they rolled for perception and saw the wrongfulness in capitalism. I'm I'm sending my blue eyes white dragon to the graveyard to summon anti-capitalist rhetoric. (laughs) End my turn. Oh my god. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so the next idea that I wrote down that was in that article um, is that, like, uh, this is real, like, while I, again, while I was writing this down, I was like, okay, yeah, this is really interesting. And now that I, like, go back and look at it, I'm like, this is, like, dense for no reason. Um, (laughs) Because the next idea is that, like, Vaporwave is saying that, like, everything at the cutting edge is already obsolete. Where, like, retro technically is already obsolete, but it's also kind of a thing. It's like having a... I don't know. I, I said... I went to finish that sentence. I looked at my hands and then realized <laughs> that I had no idea what to say. <laughs> and now I'm just looking at my hands. So... <laughs> I guess kind of like this double existence of, like, we love it, but it's gone. Or, like... Where by the time we catch up with things, they're already already obsolete. Which I can say that, like, because of where I'm from, like, where I am from, trends didn't catch up with us until, like, two years after they happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I guess I can that. equate it to that. And then, I, and then I wrote down another quote from this article because, like, I can't summarize what this motherfucker is saying. It's too much. <laughs> it's a lot. The quote that I wrote underneath that is that uh, this musical... Wow. Never mind. I'm thinking about musicals a lot lately. Um, <laughs> this music belongs in the plaza. Literal and metaphorical. Real and imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> the public... <laughs> The public space that is the nexus of infinite social, cultural, and financial transactions and the scene of their greatest activity and spectacle. What? God, (laughs) go! Go masturbate or something. Jeez. (laughs) I really was interested in this while I was writing it down. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. It's stupid. (laughs) They had me for a while, and now I'm like, this doesn't... If I can't read it twice and understand it both times, there's nothing, you know? Um, Okay. (sighs) That's what I like to call an actor breath. When you just go... (laughs) And then you start... (laughs) Okay. um, Let the angels pass. (laughs) 
it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm not okay. I don't. I think like the confusion of what this, whoever the fuck this is, of what they're saying, and also like I'm drunk and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Okay. So, um, vaporwave seemed to okay according to the dummy mag article. Um, vaporwave like arose in reaction to uh, globalization, runaway consumerism, and manufactured nostalgia. Um, runaway consumerism I get from like the the whole Japan thing, but like I don't know where they got manufactured nostalgia from. Um, uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess they were like I guess they were like, hey, the eighties and nineties are cool, but like we can make it better, and then they I did think- that. I think it's hearkening back to the quote that, God, I sound like such a douchebag. I think it's talking about the quote you had earlier where they mentioned, like, that a lot of the nostalgia that is created by these images is, like, is things that never existed. Like, it's, it's, it's like, buildings that were never there. It's, like, cultural experiences that never happened. And I think, I think that's what they yeah. mean when they say, like, manufactured nostalgia also yeah, like it's like i wasn't I alive in the 80s <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah no something about like being in this kind of dreamlike state which i think probably does more accurately describe how i was feeling when i was listening to the music is like kind of dreamlike and the the whole outside of myself thing and dreamlike and like things that i can never truly experience but at least i have this i guess mm, yeah um hmm. Hmm. Let's all think about that. Um, <laughs> so, moving moving on to kind of like the the music itself, like its rising and falling popularity is kind of what I'm gonna go into next. Um, it was the first genre to be born and live is its life entirely on the internet. Um, there are no like. CDs or records. Just like or, me. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Emmeline. Um, and that is from, like, the Esquire article, and that article also, like, mentioned the word counterculture, um, which I guess will make more sense in a minute, but it, that's just where I had it written. I don't know. Um, I tried to organize these notes, and now I'm like, I didn't organize the these the best way that I could have but it's okay um so the the founding kind of documents of vaporwave um these are just like the two or three that like vaporwave is attributed to like oh this is the beginning like that kind of thing um so in 2000 yeah the vaporwave manifesto yes (laughs) (laughs) why it's sitting on my shelf right now um (laughs) So into it's by Echo Marks. Um, in 2010, <laughs> in 2010, um, there's an album called Echo Jams Volume One by Chuck Person, who like and also like a lot of the uh, the artist names of of vaporwave music are like pseudonyms. Like nobody actually goes by their actual name. And again, I will get into that in a minute. Um, was by Chuck Person, and it was, like, sl- like sounds that he took, samples of sounds that he took, and, like, slowed them and chopped them up um, and kind of screwed them up and then, like, put his own beats in there, that kind of thing. And then 
the other one is in 2011. The album Farside Virtual was released, and that was by James Ferraro, which was kind of like a brighter take on on vaporwave music. It was more of the the neon and like the pinks and the uh, Japanese characters, names of songs with sushi in the title, you know that kind of thing. Um, I I I don't think this is the correct like the best word for it, but I think of it as, like, the cutesy side of Vaporwave. <laughs> yes. um, but, uh, but like, I, I think it, I like those two examples just because they're, like, examples of different versions of Vaporwave. Like, there's no one all-encompassing thing that is Vaporwave. There are these two different sides of it. And then uh, I have one more quote, one more, I swear. Um, and... It's, it's a quote from James Ferraro, like, about his vaporwave music. Um, he says that Farside Virtual mainly designates a space in society or a mode of behaving. All of these things operating in synchronicity, like ringtones, flat screens, theater, cuisine, fashion, sushi. I don't want to call it virtual reality, so I call it Farside Virtual. If you really want to understand Farside, li- first off, listen to Claude Debussy, and secondly, go into a frozen yogurt shop. Afterwards, <laughs> go into an Apple store and just fool around, hang out in there. Afterwards, go to Starbucks and get a gift card. They have a book there on the history of Starbucks. Buy this book and go home. If you do all these things, you'll understand what Farside Virtual is. Because people kind of live it and live in it already. So tomorrow, this weekend, my agenda (laughs) is. Oh man, I don't even think we have an Apple Store around here. Sad. I'll never. You can never know. Virtual. Dang. (laughs) I'm with you. And then um, I hate to see it. And then where vaporwave proper kind of comes in, which is like the more popular section of it was in um, 2011 um, with the album Floral Shop. That's shop with the P-E at the end. Um, How else would you spell it? uh, (laughs) (laughs) And that's by Macintosh Plus. Um, One of the most like quintessential vaporwave songs is by Macintosh Plus. Um, the title of it is in like Japanese characters, so a lot of people don't know what to call it, so they just call it Mac- Macintosh 420. Sure. Hey. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. But if you Google it, that's a vaporwave, baby. Um, so it, it's kind of said that the genre peaked in 2013, um, like on the internet, and then things started to happen where like. Uh, Drake's song Hotline Hotline Bling and that music video a lot of people were saying like oh that's that looks like Vaporwave is a tribute to Vaporwave and then like actually today was when I wrote this down I was listening to Tame Impala and it hey! felt kind of yeah it <laughs> felt kind of Vaporwave to me so I put that down too um but it, it's this idea and that's when Vaporwave started to fall so it's this idea that like as soon as it becomes corporate you kind of lose the point of it so then people stopped making it of um, course yeah yeah how very hipster of you um <laughs> and then like it announced its death 
publicly before its actual time. It, it was this idea that, like, the moment that people start asking for music videos and they want to, like, pay me to... I think, I think this, this idea, again, it may not actually be true. People may have just wanted to fucking make the music for fun. But it's the idea that somebody said, as soon as, like... A record, a record label offers me a deal to make this music, I'm done. Like, that kind of thing. Because, like, uh, anti-capitalism. Which, like, sure, but you don't fucking know, you know? Um, and then, yeah, so that's what I have. Uh, vaporwave is dead. Long live Vaporwave. Yeah. <laughs> done. Normalize making SoundCloud music for fun again. Yeah. Okay, I just looked up the Macintosh 420, and <laughs> the song that plays at the beginning of it is, like, so familiar to me. Like, I know that song. It's yeah, from a yeah. video game. I don't it's know which It's that which... fabricated nostalgia or whatever it's called. No, well, it's, it really is. Sample it's movie. used in a lot of vines. It's that, oh, like, that might bah, be how I know bah. it. Oh, yeah, that's the <laughs> 911, what's your emergency? Yes, yes, it's that one, exactly. Oh, okay, um, okay. Nice. Phew. Yes. Okay. That's, my, that's Vaporwave, baby. You all know it. You just don't know that you know it. Damn. You don't know that's that so you meta. hate capitalism. That is <sighs> very much. <laughs> Alrighty. So my topic, the title of my topic is entirely dependent on how much you watch TikTok. <laughs> Oh. Okay, zero. So it's no okay because I, I have a perfectly. On Twitter. I have a perfectly crafted joke, and you may not get it, but it's okay. But today I'm gonna talk about why the Mona Lisa is famous. Ooh. Should I be laughing? No. Is that the joke? Oh. No, not yet. Uh, here's the joke. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, who painted the Mona Lisa? Was it Da Vinci? <laughs> da Vinci. <laughs> I have seen that. Okay, good. And I can't, I Quite can't stop think of it. Thinking of it. Da I cannot stop. Dovinky. And like in their voices, they're like, Dovinky. Dovinky. So that's the my title. My favorite one. Sorry. My favorite one is them going, how many hours are in two days? And they go, 32. Uh, 32. And then they go, 48. How are we supposed to know? It's like, <laughs> Literally, if you had to personify the word himbo, it's those two. <laughs> but yeah, I this is the title of my pa- my piece. It's um who painted the Mona Lisa? Da Vinci? Um but <laughs> I'll get to that. I'll Wait, get to that in a second. Wait, your actual topic? I forgot. Oh, my actual topic is why the Mona Lisa is famous. And Her my source topic, is oh, okay. topic is Da Vinci. <laughs> um my sources are the Washington Post, a Vox video, and Wikipedia. The trifecta. <laughs> the holy trinity. <laughs> a dangerous cocktail. <laughs> All right. So, Da Vinci obviously painted the Mona Lisa in da 1507. Da Vinci? <laughs> Every time you say Da Vinci, I'm going to say Da Vinci. Well, I only no, say I... I'm going to say it like three times. So. Good. That's enough. <laughs> And so we all know the Mona Lisa, right? It's it's considered to be the most famous painting in the world. Um, and 80% of people who visit the Louvre only go to see the Mona Lisa. We've been That's so to the dumb. Louvre. It's so small. It's We've tiny. been there. It's not impressive. It's a paining of a lady. Yeah, Here, the let size me, let me... of 
Mona Lisa's head is the size of my head, and let me tell you, my head's not that <laughs> impressive. Let, let me let me give you the lube experience. Go right now to Google. Google Mona Lisa. Put it on a wall. Step back twenty feet. That is the experience. Yeah. Literally on like an eight by ten piece of paper. Yeah. It's so. Fine. So the actual painting, not impressive. And that's yeah. how it was perceived back then. Because Da Vinci, pa- da Vinci pa- painted this. And um, people were like, okay, great. It's it's okay, I guess. Um, and art wasn't very accessible to people at the time. And so virtually nobody has ever heard of the Mona Lisa. Um, but, it, okay, so it was first called La Gioconda. That's the actual name in Italian. And that's what people in France called it, too, when they would visit the Louvre and see the painting there. And at the time, it wasn't even it wasn't even its own display. Like, it wasn't an, a big gallery with a bunch of other paintings. Like, just, you know, like, you go to a museum and you see a whole wall of paintings. Like, it's just one of the paintings yeah. that are on the wall. Smart. Yeah. Economical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Efficient. <laughs> And so it wasn't until the 19th century that art critics actually started seeing it as one of the greatest art pieces of the Renaissance era. And a man oh, by the name of Futurism of you. Right? What a <laughs> so it your all constructed nostalgia. <laughs> um and an art critic by the name of Walter Pater wrote a book in 1873 literally all about why he loved the Mona Lisa so much and that was yeah and that was the um how long is the book I don't know um honestly what is it called it's oh it's called the renaissance that's the name of the book what's the author again (laughs) Walter Pater P-A-T-E-R Walter Pater how long is it (laughs) I don't know I am suited how long do you think he could edge while he was writing that book (laughs) <laughs> Emelina just spit <laughs> uh, Victoria is zooted How dare you Oh my god Why are you I'm doing sorry, this to I'm me sorry. I, ru- I ruined your zoot In this <laughs> fragile time I would like to point out that I can buy that book Either used or on Kindle For one ninety nine. Hey, <laughs> Worth every penny It's a collection so- of essays Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so go on. That became the main, like, quotable source um, for what was to come. So, okay. So, even though the Mona Lisa was now revered in the art world, people in real life still didn't really give a shit about it. Um, and, you know yeah, me? like I said, let's be honest. It's not that impressive of a painting. Like, it's, it's better than a lot of art that, like, we're in the medieval era, but... As far in the grand scheme of art, it's it's okay, you know. You know, I was in a her and I was <laughs> in an art history class, and I know we talked about the Mona Lisa. I do not remember one fucking thing that we said. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> so here is what really made the Mona Lisa the most famous painting in the entire world. So let me set the stage for you. The date. August 21st, 1911. The place, Paris, France. Streets inundated with cigarette butts and pee would soon become the stage for the city's biggest scandal. 
I wrote that half drunk, so like I'm sorry. <laughs> what no, was the I city's loved biggest it. scandal? I was edging so, that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened so was, was an Italian man by the name of Vincenzo Perugia Perugia, I'm sorry, Perugia. Um, Perugia? <laughs> <laughs> he was dressed to pose as a maintenance worker and he hid himself in the Louvre until all the doors were closed and he was left alone in the museum. And he walks up to the Mona Lisa, takes it, takes off the frame, put, wraps it up in some cloth, and then the next morning, he leaves. He Why do you wait until morning? Night? Oh, so because people were busy and he just walked out with the Mona Lisa. Oh, he, he couldn't have walked like out to... at okay. night. He's it's nineteen eleven. They don't have security cameras. <laughs> he like, I don't know. I like to imagine that he he took it out of the frame. He wrapped it up in some cloth. He put the frame back on the wall, and then he laid down on the floor underneath <laughs> the frame, and he hugged <laughs> the painting like a teddy bear, and he fell soundly asleep. And then in the morning, he said, oh, they're busy. It's time to go. <laughs> okay, so in their way. there were a lot of conflicting sources saying that the theft happened in the at night or it happened in the morning. But either way, he just walks out with the Mona Lisa. And it takes the museum staff an entire day to realize <laughs> that the painting was stolen. You know why? Nobody wanted to fucking look at it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so people are like, oh, shit. Someone stole the Mona Lisa. Um, and <laughs> the painting went missing for, do you want to guess how long it was missing for? Oh God. Okay. Let me, mm, um, I'm going to go years. with my standard of five <laughs> years. <laughs> okay. It wasn't that bad. It was gone for oh. two years. Oh, but that's still a long time. That's still a long time. In 1911 times, that's at least. Yeah, how years. Does, what's the inflation rate on time? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, the Mona Lisa is missing, and everyone in Paris is flipping their shit. They're going to police stations and demanding answers. Newspapers are going crazy about the Mona Lisa. They're talking about it. People wrote fan fiction about the art theft. They were trying to create conspiracy theories as to why he did it. People oh, speculated I that. Oh, a uh, reader and thief art. <laughs> reader uh, and like thief. Fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> reader and fiction. <laughs> he you takes it out of the Lisa. frame. He wraps it up some, in some cloth and he sets it down. And then we <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but now that's, were... that's Pater's book. Oh my god! Is that on Wattpad? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, DeviantArt, I think. <laughs> no, y'all. Let's just reveal how much we know about fanfiction. So <laughs> fucking much. I'm exposing myself. <laughs> oh god. I won't talk okay. about. I won't talk about it, Emmeline. Thank you. Thank you for keeping my secret. <laughs> the way I have to... not kept yours. <laughs> I'm going to fanfiction.net right now. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh God. So, people were um, speculating, like, different conspiracy theories as to why it was stolen. Some people say that this, that Mona Lisa's smile drove Perugia mad, and he just had to have it. Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. People... I've seen men's standards. <laughs> Doesn't feel like that. I don't feel like that's it. Um, no, I people... feel like that could be it. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> Upon further inspection, yeah, I I do think that they would do that. God, yeah, who knows? Like he he looks he looks at the painting once and he goes, "It's like she's looking into my eyes. We were meant for each other." <laughs> Um, and people would go to the Louvre just to see the empty spot where the Mona Lisa used to be. What? Oh so God. it was a big deal. Oh, and so the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so as ridiculous as it sounds, people in the 19, 1910s didn't really have that much else to do. And so this is how the Mona Lisa became <laughs> famous. Like this is how, like it was this incident that made the Mona Lisa, um, pretty much like a global sensation overnight. Wow. Wow. And by overnight, I mean, like, wow. in the span of two years. <laughs> <laughs> overnight. <laughs> Over the span of years. So, the police even interviewed Perugia in his home, um, where he stashed the painting. He stashed it in a trunk, literally for two years. You're but he had a it. <laughs> he had a good fake... Oh, it's on a wooden thing. It's, like, wood that it's painted on, so it's not... Oh, I didn't know it's that. It's not wrinkled. Yeah. Okay. Um... But he had a good enough alibi to convince the police that he's uh, not a suspect. And is, the police... Is there, is there an Audrey Hepburn movie based on this this story? No, but there's supposedly going to be a new movie coming out like in the next year about this. Oh my god, spoiler alert for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> um, and police even arrested Pablo Picasso before they actually Whoa! found the guy. Yeah. So Man, Picasso was sucks. was briefly arrested, but then they let him go because they're like, "Oh, it wasn't you." <laughs> oh, we okay. So, uh, Perugia left had the painting hidden for about two years, and then after that, he took a train to Florence to get it sold because he wasn't gonna sell it as everybody was talking about it because it just didn't seem that like a smart thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Bad business. And so he waited a while so it could be worth a lot more. Anyway, um, so he found an art dealer and was going to sell it to him. But that art dealer, his name was Alfredo Gerdi. And um, he got it and he was like, oh shit, it's the Mona Lisa. And he called the police. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so, mistake. Yep. Um, and so when he was finally caught he was questioned as to why he did it and ultimately his um his uh motive was to return it to the homeland as it was um believed that napoleon had stolen the painting um and oh. for france but um uh, actually da vinci brought it to france to give it to a friend and so da vinci oh da vinci <laughs> <laughs> there's a third time i won't say it again after that <laughs> um and so like yeah his ultimate motive was like oh this painting it was it was painted in italy and it should belong to italy you know so which is why i tried to sell it to someone who wasn't from italy <laughs> <laughs> um one second I, at one point, I, I got I lazy, and I just copy-pasted from Wikipedia, so I have to read this over. <laughs> nice. While, while you're doing that, I uh, I found a thing. There's a movie with Audrey Hepburn called How to Steal a Million. And okay. I don't know if the movie is about the theft of the Mona Lisa, but it says there's a sequence depicting the theft of the Mona Lisa. Mm. So it's Whoa. included. I did okay. remember that. 
Nice. 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 Devinky. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. It's so, so funny. I don't <laughs> I don't understand it, but it is. Alright. Okay, so they catch Perugia. They get the Mona Lisa back. The Mona Lisa goes on a two-week tour in, in Florence so people can look at it. Because um, now it's hot goss, you know? <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and now it's its own exhibition at the Louvre, surrounded by bulletproof glass. And while the Is painting... somebody going to try to fucking shoot the Mona Lisa? <laughs> you need <laughs> utmost security for this okay. thing. For sure. a tiny, tiny piece of wood in a frame. <laughs> Man. Oops. And there's like eight feet between you and the Mona Lisa because there's so many fucking people. Yeah, and there's like a hundred people Just between crying. you and the Mona Lisa. <laughs> Ooh, oh Yeah. And so, um, while the painting was famous before the theft among the art critic world, uh, the notoriety it received came from newspaper headlines and large-scale um, police investigations um, that helped the, the painting become one of the best-known artworks in the world. So I ask you, who painted the Mona Lisa? Was it Da Vinci? Da Vinci? Or was it the suspenseful noir picture painted by the media? The end. No, it, it was, it was Da Vinci. Da Vinci still. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that's what I have on um, why the Mona Lisa is famous. Wow. Clap, 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 clap. Thank you, thank you. I love it, I love it, I love it. (laughs) I knew that, like, the Mona Lisa had been stolen. I don't think I ever connected it with, like, that's why it's famous. I wonder, I don't know, why, like, why did they put put it in the Louvre in the first place, you know? Was was Da Vinci, like, already... (laughs) famous for other shit by that time so then they yeah think so he was he a was... pretty well-known like inventor and artist even in the renaissance mm-hmm. yeah okay. and he had other paintings that got more uh got more like, traction more traction and um had their like they were like the mona lisas of their time where they had their own little special exhibition mm-hmm. um yeah so they were like yeah we'll throw this one up in here too yeah okay it's okay i guess yeah Credit for almost all of my Da Vinci knowledge to Assassin's Creed 2. (laughs) Is Assassin's Creed 2 in... Oh, it's in Italy, isn't it? Yeah, during the Renaissance. (laughs) You're best friends with Da Vinci. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Oh, God, I can't speak. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Da Vinci? Can I make an assessment and let me see if if it's true? We're sure. all so drunk right now. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm okay, just so cool. tired. Oh, that counts. I feel kind of winded from laughing so much, and I'm drunk and tired. At toys, at toys, toys, <laughs> toys to entertain us. us. <laughs> Good banter. Okay. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Shitface Facts. If you want to keep up with us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at shtfacefacts. That's shitfacefacts with no I. If you want to send us an email with any weird facts you want us to know about, you can send us an email at shitfacefacts, also with no I, at gmail.com. 
if you want to send us a voice message, also maybe with some weird facts you want us to know about and research, just go to anchor.fm slash shitfacefacts, also with no eyes, so it's SHT-faced facts. And remember, there's no I in team, and there's no I in shit. Shit.